Hi friend, this is Alex McRobbs, founder of The Mindful Life Practice, and you're listening to the Sober Yoga Girl podcast. I'm a Canadian who moved across the world at age 23 and I never went back. I got sober in 2019 and I realized that there was no one talking about sobriety in Dubai and Abu Dhabi, so I started doing it. I now live in Bali, Indonesia, and full-time run my community, The Mindful Life Practice. I host online sober yoga challenges, yoga teacher trainings, and I work one-on-one with others, helping them break up with booze for good. In this podcast, I sit down with others in the sobriety and mental health space from all walks of life and hear their stories so that I can help you on your journey. You're not alone, and a sober life can be fun and fulfilling. Let me show you how. All right. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Sober Yoga Girl. I'm really happy to have Kate with me here today on the show. And Kate is an American mom living in Switzerland. And she is also in the Instagram sober fitness world. And that's actually how we originally connected. So we did an Instagram live a couple months back. And I'm really excited to this time hear Kate's story. So welcome, Kate. Hi, thank you. How are you doing? I'm good. And it's been really enjoyable knowing you. I think um, I love the posts, um, the perspective that you share on on Instagram. I find the sober Instagram community to be really supportive and positive. And it's like a little burst of positivity in my day when I see that you've shared something. So thank you. you. (laughs) So why don't we start out by you telling us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah. So, um, I, like you said, I'm, I'm an American mom. I live in Switzerland. I have three kids. Um, they're all really close in age. Um, I sort of got started having kids a little bit later, I guess I was in my mid thirties and in a rush, which I think is very typical of me. I'm always like in a rush to be to the finish line, right? Achieve my goals. <laughs> but, um, yeah, before I settled down with my husband, um, I, um, I worked in sales for about 20 years, corporate sales, and um, um, had always pushed um, for a career for financial independence, um, having gone through therapy a few different times, most recently with getting sober. um, I learned a lot about myself, and there's definitely some trauma from my childhood connected to um, financial instability. So, um, you know, I, I grew up on a dairy farm and, um, while my basic needs were met, there was always this like stress over paying bills or, um, you know, the crops or the animals, there was this environmental stress and that affected me, I think, um, to the point where I always had to get the best grades when I was in high school and be the best athlete so I could get a scholarship and go to school. Then when I was in college, it was all about being the best student so I could graduate at the top of my class and get a really good job. Then when I was working, it was the same thing, like Mm -hmm. keep pushing your career, pushing your career so you can advance yourself because the further along you go professionally, the more money you make and the less instability you'll feel, right? So this kind of force propelled me a lot through through my life and um, was kind of how I defined myself. Um, and then when I got married and had kids and had become reliant on another person, it just was a real struggle for me. Um, and I think as each child came along, I lost a little more of my independence. And then, um, so we had my 
oldest two in the U.S. Then we moved overseas and my third came along pretty quickly after that. And so all of a sudden here I am in um, Poland with three little children, no friends, no sense of self or who I was. Um, And the drinking definitely took on a whole new dynamic there. Um, when I look back at like the drinking in, in my life, it was something that um, like I, I used alcohol to cope with anxiety. Um, but it was, I, I consider it something that had been managed because I was working and I was progressing my career and I had a wonderful husband and healthy children. I mean, on the outside, everything looked like it was all wrapped up in a pretty bow. Right. And then, yeah, then when I was in Poland was the, you know, the drinking just, I think was probably an issue, but not as evident. And then, um, yeah, not having access to English speaking, um, mental health care, Mm-hmm. and suffering from postpartum depression, I think I just really turned to alcohol and it just was one of these things that, um, you know, going back to always wanting to be the best, I was going to drink the most alcohol, right? We really struggled our last year in Poland and um, I, I went to um, a treatment center in Scotland for four weeks. Um, I tried a lot of times to quit drinking because at some point I realized that it just, it just, my relationship with alcohol was unhealthy, you know, and um, I tried on various occasions to quit. My husband wanted me to go for treatment. And so I just, in an effort to kind of get him off my back, went to this facility in Scotland, became highly recommended from our insurance company. And, you know, there was an element of me doing it for somebody else, which I think when you're trying to get sober is never the right approach. Like if you're going to quit drinking alcohol, you you need to be doing it for yourself, not for other people. And then the way the treatment center approached sobriety was um, using AA um, and going through the steps and I just got a really bad, I just had a really bad experience with AA. Um, but whatever, I was always a good student. So I did what I was supposed to do those four weeks there. And then we got, I got back home and never really resolved my issues with alcohol. And then the first kind of conflict that I had with my husband or the first kind of sense of feeling overwhelmed again by being a mom of three young kids, I turned right to alcohol. So we, we left Poland and settled here in Switzerland, which is um, where my husband's from. And I swore that I would never be like the drunk foreign mom in this small little village. Um, Cause I figured, Oh, I'm already up against a lot, you know, being a non-German speaker. And pretty quickly I just was like, you know, I don't even care. Right. Like let me stumble down to the gas station and buy some alcohol because I'm hungover and I've got the shakes. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just amazing. I think how quickly the drinking, like just how quickly I grew to rely on it and how unhealthy I became as a result of it, you know? Yeah. And I don't know, like I, the thing about the drinking that bothered me was that 
I became this person. Um, I don't even know I'm getting upset. It's been like, you know, two years since I stopped almost, but you know, the drinking made me this person that I didn't even like. She was really dishonest. She was nasty. Like, God, I said the worst things to my husband. And I was just a real crappy mom. I think like turn on the TV all the time because I'm too hungover to deal with parenting. Um, so yeah, this just, there was about, so we moved here in September of 2019 and in a very short amount of time, my drinking, like, like really escalated. And the last time I drank, I was on like a five day bender. I don't even know how I got alcohol. Um, like, but I got it somehow. I managed to stay like, you know, blacked out for five days straight. And um, on, on January 30th, so 23 months ago today, it was like somebody kicked me in the ass and woke me up, you know, like all of a sudden I'm alert, I'm awake, and I've just had enough with this life, you know, and I, you know, at that point, my husband wasn't even sleeping in the same room with me. Like our relationship was like one drink away from being over, Um and so I went down to the guest room where he was sleeping and I was like, you know, I need help. Like, please, I can't do this anymore. And so this was at like 3 a.m. So he's like, okay, why don't you go back to bed and we'll deal with this in the morning? I said, okay. And so we got in touch with, there's like um, here in Switzerland, I think like there's a lot of resources available to people who struggle with addiction um, and dependence of people struggling with addiction. So my husband got in touch with this um, organization that supports people with addiction or families going through that. And they recommended a clinic here in Switzerland. Um, and the, the clinic is uh, German speaking facility. And, uh, I mean, obviously like it's, you know, we're, we're here in Switzerland, like it's, uh, and we're trying to find something close to home. So, um, I just said, okay, that's where they recommend me going. I, uh, let's just sign me up because when I woke up, when I say like, I like got kicked in the butt awake, jolted awake, however you want to describe it, I was ready to do whatever I had to do to get that like monkey off my back, you know? And so I went into this clinic and my German was like, um, high end beginner. I'd say he like somewhere between being a beginner. I mean, I could talk about housework all day long, but coming up with like medical jargon in German, like forget it. But I was, like I said, like I, I, I wanted to, to, like end this, this, this battle. Right. So I, I, I went there on, um, January 31st. So I spent the night in the hospital on the 30th detoxing, continued my detox in treatment at this facility. They, before they even addressed the drinking, they said like, okay, you are just a giant ball of nerves. Like mentally I was shot. And so they, started me on an antidepressant 
and gave me some um, herbs, if you will, for my anxiety, which I'm not into holistic medicine at all, but for whatever reason, this concoction of like passion flower and valerian root just calmed me right down. And I spent a week detoxing, I think not only from alcohol, but also from everything that had been piling up on me in my life since I became a mom. Because this was like the first time I spent away from my kids, like Mm -hmm. since the first was born six years ago. This week was necessary in me starting my, let's say, um, like rehabilitation. And so after the, um, so after I detoxed and, you know, because when you go into treatment and you have to go through alcohol detox, you know, they check your, your vitals, you, you know, they give you medication to manage your withdrawal symptoms, because if you, depending on how severe your alcoholism is, you try to withdraw from alcohol completely on your own, you could have life-threatening reactions, right? So I did a week of, like I said, detoxing from um, stress and alcohol in life and started to look into the different options available to me in terms of therapy. And so um, the thing that um, kind of stuck out to me was movement therapy because going back to high school and being younger and growing up on a farm, I was always very active and I sort of embraced that therapy, got to the, the sessions as many times as I could, added in some other forms of therapy, um, art therapy, craft therapy, um, basically whatever they wanted me to do. I was like, I'll do it, you know, give it to me. If it means leaving this place in six weeks, sober, I am all for it. And um, I started therapy again and continued the therapy when I got home and looked into the things that caused my, caused the development of this unhealthy relationship with alcohol and did a lot of work on myself internally, I think. And uh, yeah, here I am. Uh, Today is my 700th day alcohol-free. So Congratulations. And wow, you've been through so, so much. And I can so relate to, I think we've talked about this before, but like that feeling of being like, definitely being an expat influenced my drinking a lot, that feeling of being uprooted. And I can only imagine like, you know, when I got to Kuwait or in Abu Dhabi, I at least kind of had a job and a way to connect with people and, you know, make friends. And and I've always thought like to go along as a partner must be so hard because it's like, where are your, you know, how do you find your people? How do you connect? Really? Yeah. That was like a big, that was a big thing for me. Like um, it's funny because when, when my husband and I, so when we met, he was living here in Switzerland and I was in the U S and so he uprooted himself to go to the U.S. so we could kind of see if our relationship had um, staying power, you know. And um, he was he went through a um, expat orientation, and the woman said to him that look, like most of these expat assignments are great the first nine months, but after the newness of it all wears off, and you start thinking about your family or thinking about your life, what it used to be like that month, like nine to 
whatever until you establish a new life for yourself, I guess, yeah. is those are really challenging times. And so it's funny because like when we went to Poland, that's exactly what happened is like those first nine months there where we um, were Poland, being in Poland and living abroad with my family was so new to me. It was like, oh, wow, it's so exciting. Let's go out and like explore. Let's get the house set up. And right around that nine month mark was when I, um, had gotten pregnant again, which um, just, you know, we wanted um, three kids, but I had wanted a bit of a break before the third yeah. one came along because I had two, my girls were only nine months apart. And so, no, sorry, 18 months apart, Jeez, nine months apart. That's crazy. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, like, yeah. So like, uh, here I am, like, I had like, yeah, so I found out I was pregnant again. And then and I was dealing with this now, these feelings of yeah. missing home and not having any friends. And now I'm going to have another baby soon. And what the heck? Like, I'm so that was definitely like um, a rough time. And I definitely went through this like mourning period of my friendships and my my country and all of this stuff. And then pretty much as soon as my son was born, because I hadn't dealt with those feelings, you know, I hadn't processed that. Like as soon as he was born and a like the nice bout of postpartum depression was sprinkled on this situation. Like I just, I was like a hot mess in a dumpster fire. But yeah, you know, like the the night, the nice thing, if you will, of having gone through all that, I think is that, you know, like these friendships that I that I was so sad about losing, like, I, I realized like, you know, those friendships were all in some way connected to alcohol. Like, Oh, we're going to, um, we're going to the local art show. Let's drink. Or there's, um, a movie coming out. Let's go to the theater that serves alcohol. Right. Like the, the, those, those relationships that I thought were so great, um, only had one thing in common and that was alcohol, you know? And so when I look back at this period of time, I think like all of this stuff was necessary for me to kind of reevaluate what's important to me in my life, who my friends are and the things that I need to be the best version of myself. That period, like, I, I don't think I would ever go back and like want to magic all that stuff away you know because I don't think I'd be where I am today if I hadn't have gone through all that stuff you know yeah yeah it's so true that stuff makes us who we are yeah yeah absolutely the nice thing I think like of kind of addressing this issue with my kids being so young I think was that the younger ones don't really remember that time when I was sick as my oldest calls it but she remembers my oldest. And so we're working through that right now with her. Like she has anxiety like me. And sometimes when she's seen me really stressed out, like she it crosses her mind, like, oh boy, you know, so I'm going to go buy some alcohol and lock herself in her room. But we talk through these, these challenges, you know, and I think that's a really one thing I'm thankful for and giving up alcohol is that I have the kind of mental capacity or presence of mind to address her anxiety with her, which is something that never really was addressed with me when I was younger, you know, like I, I think that 
when I, I like, you know, you peel the layers back um, on your issues with alcohol or, you know, you, there's a lot that goes into it. It's not that you woke up one day, you know, and decided to fall into a bottle of vodka. It's, there was a lot going into that. Right. And one of the things besides um, loss of identity was anxiety, you know, like anxiety to the point where it feels like someone's sitting on my chest and I can't breathe. And I see that with my oldest and we work through that. We talk about it and I, um, I'm not a perfect mom, even sober, like by any means at all. Um, but I know that they get the best part of me, the best that I'm able to give. And it's better than anything they would have gotten from me if I had still been drinking. Yeah. And that's amazing. Like that you, that you now are able to be present and be able to show up for your daughter in that way. Like it's huge. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. I think um, I just, I, I really am grateful. Like looking back at like the last almost two years, like things have just really, like blossomed for me, I think, and um, friendships, doing stuff that I never thought I would ever do, like talk to you here on podcast or be on Instagram and talking about fitness and making these like silly, like reels, like, which I I, like dancing in front of a camera or um, going on, like doing these Instagram lives, like all of those things before would have given me massive doses of anxiety and would have been all I need to go like, oh, let me, you know, mm-hmm. get a drink of something. Um, but I think it's really amazing. Like when you think alcohol really, really holds you back from, from being the best version of yourself or achieving, it, 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 achieving your dreams or I know that sounds really corny, but <laughs> sorry. yeah, I think I'm like really, really corny and punny as I've like, like I'm living my best life but I'm exactly the same I'm exactly the same it's It's, so true yeah so that's uh I feel like it's the end of the year and you kind of like are reflecting on stuff right that you've gone through in the last year and now again like being close to hitting two years I'm just feeling very very grateful and um um excited to see kind of what else is in store for me you know yeah. Yeah. And as we were saying before, like the third year is really when it starts to blossom. So I can't wait to follow along with you too and see what happens next. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. So I have one more question for you. I'm wondering if you had any advice or wisdom to give someone who wanted to start an alcohol-free journey, what would you suggest? I think like surrounding yourself with positive influences is really important and it doesn't have to be like your spouse. Um, for example, like when I stopped drinking, um, you know, my husband who never really drank a lot as it were, just was like, you know what, like there's let's, we're not going to have any more alcohol in the house. I'm going to go along this journey with you. And that was great. You know, for those first few months, I needed that. I don't think that everybody does though. I think having positive role models or positive connections to sobriety is really, really important. And, Mm. and I'll tell you why, um, like my 
when I first got sober and came home from treatment, there was the first COVID lockdown and there was no place for me to go. Right. So I just did my thing at home. My husband, you know, took care of the groceries and I could be in my little protective bubble. But after a while that, you know, after nine months that got like just uh, it was enough. Right. I wanted to start creeping out into the world and I didn't have any role models in that sense, like to to look to people who who could go to bars and order a non-alcoholic drink. I didn't even think about mocktails, right? I wasn't too connected to the world of quit lit. And um, I just didn't have a, a connection to life without alcohol. And so for some reason, like I was on Instagram and I don't even know how I stumbled upon sober Instagram, but I did. And I just... I feel like my connection to sobriety or my perspective on it, you know, being a a death sentence to a degree um, shifted, like Mm -hmm. look at all these amazing women, like writing about sobriety or kicking ass dating without alcohol or socializing without alcohol, parenting without alcohol. Like once I had connected to some of this, once I connected to this positive alcohol-free movement, I think it really changed my outlook on what a life without alcohol looks like. And I think that that I would definitely suggest to people to, um, like, if they don't have an Instagram account, go ahead and yeah. create one and find Sober Instagram because it's just such a lovely, positive, this is what your life can be like yeah. without alcohol. And, and I'm not saying that life without alcohol is perfect. I mean, I have my ups and downs here. I mean, I, parenting is difficult with or without alcohol life. You know, you, you never know what life's going to throw at, at you. Right. But I know that being fully present allows me to deal with the conflict that comes my way much better than having alcohol in my life would. Right. So connection is really key. Um, I don't know where I read this, but it's, I think, a popular sober quote, and it's um, that the the opposite of addiction is connection. Yeah. I think that's really important for someone who wants to get rid of alcohol is to connect to others who who are doing that. And um, I think that will be a great boost to your sober journey. And then also, I think to give yourself some grace because you know, unlike me who woke up in a treatment center and was able to spend six weeks focusing on myself and my sobriety. A lot of people get sober in the real world and the real world is a lot more challenging than a sterile hospital where Mm -hmm. you're randomly tested for alcohol. Right. So giving yourself some grace and just, you know, figuring out what sobriety looks like for you, I think is, is really important too. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, amazing. Well, Kate, thank you so much for coming on the show. And it was honestly so inspiring to just hear how much you've overcome and and how far you've come from, you know, 700 days ago. And so it's a lot to be super proud of. (laughs) I'm going to go do some burpees now. 700 burpees for sobriety. Amazing. And I'm going to share on the episode description, Kate's information. So you can find her on Instagram, follow her amazing content. Um, And if you're looking for any sober fitness, Kate is the person to look to. So I'll put the link in there. Thank you, Alex. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming on the show and I'll, uh, I'll speak to you soon. 
Okay, cool. Happy New Year. Thank Happy you. Happy New Year. Bye. Bye. Hi, friend. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sober Yoga Girl Podcast. This community would not exist without you, so thank you for being here. It would be massively helpful if you subscribe to this show and leave a review so that we can reach more people. And if we haven't met yet in real life, please come hop on Zoom at the Mindful Life Practice because the opposite of addiction is connection. Sending you love and light wherever you are in the world.